It's, it's great to be here because uh, it's been a long time since I've been here. There's been many people who have asked, what? why have you been gone so long? Well, there's been a few people. Okay, my dad asked me why I'd been gone. But I've been gone a long time. Um, and I'll tell you something. A year ago, uh, my wife and I were standing on this stage and we were talking about our financial uh, history and, and some tough things that we went through. And we were going through a really hard time right then. And we didn't say much about it. Uh, there were some clues if you watched the video, but uh, we didn't say much about it. Our world was collapsing, really, financially, and it was about to keep getting worse and worse and worse. Um, I really honestly thought I was going to be shutting my business down um, sometime in the spring or the summer. I thought we had about a 20% chance to live, uh, survive. <laughs> uh, my banker told me later uh, he thought we had about a 15% chance, so thank you for your faith. Um, no, uh, it's probably how it should work, right? You bet on yourself a little more. And there was, a, there was so much pressure. I don't know if you know, we, we employ 20 people. Um, and now it all was like on us, on the partners, trying to figure this out. So I asked the teaching team, like, just take me off the schedule for a while. This is not, I, I'm not going to be able to teach during, while I'm shutting this down. Fortunately, doesn't look like we're shutting down. It looks like we're going the other direction now. It's, it's been a real miraculous, but just crazy hard year. And I don't tell you that so that you can be out there like, oh, but I tell you that because of what this series is about. I tell you that because of what we're going to be talking about today. So I, I'm like, okay, it's time for me to teach. Uh, you know, I go to the teaching team. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Things are, things are happening. And what's my first topic? And, uh, and Dave tells me in his office, your topic is called From Fear to Courage. And I'm like, what? I, really was, I was really just in the back of my head saying, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to teach that lesson. I mean, I am scared out of my wits. I don't think I can teach that lesson. I was trying to even figure out, like, is the teaching team mean? Or they don't like me? Or, but I, I know, they're all my best friends, so I gotta, I gotta feel like they're doing something good. And, and, and so I said, okay, I'll do this, I'll do this. I did, I did just a little insight. I changed the title in my own head. My working document is called From Fear to Just a Little Tiny Bit Less Fear. <laughs> I, I, I'm good for baby steps. So we are in this series right now. This series is about changing your mind. And every one of them, every one of the topics is going from something to something. Change your mind, going from fear to courage. Because we believe, we know, we read in the scriptures how important our minds are in governing how our lives go, how our lives move. And that we can transform and renew our minds and that that act transforms and renews our lives. The key verse for this series is Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How are you going to be transformed? By the renewing of your mind. It just as easily could have come out of Romans 8, though. Romans 8 says, those who live according to their flesh will have their minds set on the ways of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit will have their minds set on the ways of the spirit. The mind set on the flesh leads to death. The mind set on the spirit leads to life. And they're not just saying at the end of the road how your mind was set. No, they're saying you are going to live a different way. Your, the mind set on the spirit lives life. 
lives into life. And so we have to, we have to wrestle and think about this. What does it mean to set your mind? Can I go one step deeper with you, though? When I think about setting my mind, and this is the thing I think about a lot, uh, set your mind. There's a, hard, there's a hard element for me in it, and that is that when I read the Scripture, and when I teach, and when I interact with other Christians, one of the things that I start to think is that I should already be transformed. I should already be better. I should already be the thing that I am going to become. I, I have taught this many times from up here. I've taught things like, you should live in heaven right now. What are you waiting for? That's a, that's a you should be transformed already kind of message. And here's the deal. The scripture is, has this tension in it. And that tension is between scriptures that talk about you are already transformed and scriptures that talk about how you need to become transformed. The last time I stood on this stage, I had a verse from Ezekiel. Listen to this verse. I will give them an undivided heart and I will put a new spirit in them and I will remove from them their heart of stone and I will give them a heart of flesh. Well, that sounds easy. That sounds awesome. I'll just take out the one heart and put in another heart. And then what will happen after that? Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. And they will be my people and I will be their God. Isn't that great? Isn't that exciting? You can just get a new heart. I am led, I am drawn to verses like that. Or did you notice this morning, uh, Doug gets up and he starts reading out of the prophet Isaiah. And in my mind, I'm hearing these kind of, that kind of message. He said, when, when God comes back, when Jesus comes, things are going to be different. And what's going to be different? Well, you're going to leap for joy like you were a deer. And you were going to not heavy sigh anymore. <sighs> That's going to be gone. I can guarantee you that was not gone from my year this year. I heavy sighed a lot. So what's going on here? Theologians have wrestled with this forever, for a long time. There's these two sides. There's these two parts. There was a theologian in the 50s that coined the phrase, the now and not yet of the Bible. And that they are both true, the now and not yet. You are transformed. You are a new person. You have been given a new heart. And you need to transform. You need to set your mind. You need to renew. So today, I'm going to be on the other side than I usually am. Usually, I just sort of camp on this one side. You are the now. This, today, I'm going to be talking about the not yet. How you still have transformation to do, to work on. In the book of Luke, Luke records Jesus saying these words. A good man brings up the good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings up evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. There's an implication built into that verse. What is it? That your heart stores up things. This verse tells you something about you that you might not know, and that is your heart stores up things. Your heart stores. There's an implication to that. If your heart stores, it stores things that are incoming. Things come in and they get stored. They come in through your mind. The things you look at, the things you see, the things you talk about, the things you hear. Even, this is crazy to me, the things you think store themselves in your heart. 
I've taught this verse different times, many times, and I keep trying to bring new metaphors to you. In fact, I think it's a great thing for you to do. You should think of a metaphor. If you read this verse out of Luke, a good man stores up good from the good stored up in his heart. What's the metaphor? How does it work? Mull it for a while. Someone after last week told me their idea was that things stick, you know, like burrs. You know, like when you walk around the yards these days and you get a burr stuck in your sock, that's what it's like for him. The bad, the evil sticks in your heart. That's good. My metaphor for today is going to be about doors opening and closing. You, I believe, have a responsibility, a responsibility to open certain doors into your heart. Open doors to allow things to come in through your mind and store themselves in your heart. And you have a responsibility to close some doors, close some things that are also coming in through your mind and storing themselves in your heart. Things that you don't want to eventually be there. Things that eventually will be what Jesus was talking about. The evil man brings up evil things from the evil that's stored up in his heart. You have a responsibility to shut some doors and to open some doors. And that these doors are going to look different for different ones of us. I mean, there's some traditional ones. There's these, these ancient practices, the traditional spiritual disciplines that the church doesn't talk as much about anymore, right? The, the, the prayer and fasting and solitude and silence and scripture reading. We don't, we don't talk about these traditional spiritual disciplines and call them that as much anymore. But if you think about these traditional spiritual disciplines, they really are just two camps of things. Things that you do that open a door, I read scripture. It opens a door and things are coming in to me that wouldn't have been coming in otherwise. Or shut a door, I fast. I spend some time in silence and solitude. I cut off the world on purpose to shut a door so that things don't come in that I don't want in. Oh, there's modern spiritual disciplines. We, again, don't use the word, but we teach it all the time, right? What was our whole last series? Put your phone down sometime, just once. That was the whole last four weeks in here, right? Put your phone down. What is that? It's a spiritual discipline of closing a door. Stop feeding your heart only what comes from your phone. That's a crazy way to live. And we talk about other spiritual disciplines which are opening doors. Join a small group. What is that? It's a door-opening spiritual discipline. Go talk to some people who are like-minded, who are also themselves on a journey, who are studying the scriptures. Open this door to people around you. Some of them are very unique to you or to me. I'll tell you, just to give you an example, some unique ones for me. Um, this year, during, during when things were really, really hard, I had to shut a specific door, and that door was called Madam Secretary. <laughs> I had to stop watching the show, Madam Secretary. Now here, now stick with me for a second. Here's why. I like the show. I think it's a great show. But really, every single week, Mrs. Secretary, Madam Secretary, solves the problem by negotiating with some evil terrorist and she negotiates in the most amazing and beautiful way and she always has all the power and she always gets what she wants and every time I watched it I thought about how bad of a negotiator I have been being and how I'm not winning and how I'm not I'm not getting the next contract and how I'm not uh, wielding the power that I should be able to wield and I felt like a terrible person <laughs> okay okay Kurt, shut the door. 
Okay, that's not healthy. That's not a good thought for you to be having. Shut that door. There's some door, open doors that are unique to me. Jazz music. Just when I hear it, like I was, on, I was, I was out one time and I just turned on some, I'm a, okay, the world's okay. Jazz, <laughs> right? But it's not the same for my wife. Jazz for my wife is like a door closer. Like, shut the door, she says. She would never say that. She's a super nice person. <laughs> right? But these are going to be unique to you. And, and here's what I'm telling you to do. Be sensitive. All the time. All the time. Be sensitive to what's happening in your heart, in your spirit. Be sensitive to what's getting stored in your heart. Certain things I do that like, like raise my adrenaline, raise my blood pressure, raise my anxiety. Okay, just Stop. Whatever it is, even if it's benign, stop it. Shut the door. And, and be sensitive to things that open the door for you. All right, now, we're going to turn the corner. And the rest of my time, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to bring you through another thing that I did all year long, all year long. I started it almost exactly a year ago. And that is this morning scriptural meditation practice that I adopted. Now, what I want you to, what I want you to know about this is this is my practice. This is what I do. Uh, I did some reading, I, um, and I did some experimentation, and I found some things that really I could tell were opening doors for me and were shutting doors for me. You're going to find your own way, okay? But I'm going to give you some hints or tips that have worked for me as a starting place for you. So most mornings, I will do this. First thing for me is it's really important that I find a location that's right. And what is right? For me, right has been alone, totally private. I don't know why. And in fact, it's sort of weird right now. I'm going to sit in front of you and do this. But for me, if there's this part of my brain that is, you know, thinking about like, I wonder what the person who can see me is thinking. And I don't want any of that. So if I'm totally private, that all, that all is gone. I don't have to think about that. I don't have to worry about that, okay? So I find a spot, our spare bedroom, the living room if nobody's home, the back deck has been amazing. Sometimes I'll go to work first and I find a conference room with no windows. The space is really important, okay? Second, I, for me, I set an audio environment for myself. There's something about me, that audio, that sound, is, is really something that helps change how I think. I'll tell you though, the very first week I started this, I put on headphones and within seconds, I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> put them down. I could, my brain was so loud that I, could, I, I didn't need any other sound. Over time though, I've been able to bring sound into the, into the equation. And I, and I know some very specific songs or sounds that really help me. When I'm out on the deck, it's like birds and chipmunks and squirrels. When I'm in the living room, it's other soothing music. Now the first thing I do, well actually the first thing I do is read the daily scripture from the email. And then I'll set a timer. Why do I set a timer? Again, it's, it gets a thing out of your head. When the timer goes off, I'll be done. Now my brain doesn't have to wonder how long have I been doing this? Am I going to be late for work? Am I, da, 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 you know? Just set a timer. Done. I'll give you a tip. As you do this long enough, you're going to be, some days you're going to have lots of time, some days you're going to have little time, and some days you're going to be sitting there thinking to yourself, 
I should set this for a lot of time, but I'm going to set it for a little time because I'm feeling weird, and I, but I feel guilty about not setting it for a lot of time. Da -da -da -da. Just here's my tip. Set it for the shorter time. Get, be done with it. Just set it for the shorter time. Here's what's going to happen. When the shorter time timer goes off, you're going to be like, okay, I can sit here some longer. But just get it out of your head. Okay? Set a timer. Now, slow down. Phase one, slow down. Especially if you're, if, especially if you're battling fear. Fear comes with adrenaline. Adrenaline comes with fast pace, heart, fast breathing. You gotta slow down. You have no idea what you're carrying around. Slow down. Breathe. Actually, listen. Try, see if you can feel your heart in your chest. See if you can slow it down with your mind. You can. There's some techniques I've used during this phase. One is counting your breathing. Many people recommend this. Count breathing. Count in. Breath in. One, two, three, four, five, six. Breath out. One, two, three. Part of it is helpful only because it pushes other thoughts out of your head if you're thinking about numbers. Another thing I'll do, though, is, is an ancient practice called breath prayers. It's designed for this very thing. You breathe in and say a scripture. I commonly say, since then I have been raised with Christ. Since then I have been raised with Christ. And on the breath out, set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above. It's so hard to slow down. When I feel like I've slowed down, when I feel like, I, when I feel like I've gotten somewhere, I'll move to phase two. But I'm going to take a time out. Throughout this whole process, you're going to have to have another technique to get other thoughts out of your head. Because as soon as you slow down, other thoughts are going to come into your head about all kinds of things. The, things you're, the thing you're scared of this afternoon, the thing that you've got to accomplish tomorrow, the thing that you're, that you're worried about next month. All these thoughts are going to come into your head. Don't beat yourself up. Of course they're going to come into your head. Especially once you've given them room. And you need a technique to deal with it. Here's one of my techniques to deal with it. This is amazing what your brain can do. Your brain can be thinking multiple thoughts at the same time. So, a thought starts happening in my head. I'm super scared about a meeting I'm having this afternoon and I started mulling it through and, I, and then the other part of my head like, wait, 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 wait. That's not what we're talking about right now. And I take that thought and I turn it into like an object. And I give that thought some time. Okay, say your piece. You got 10 seconds. Tell me what you're worried about. All right, thanks, you're done. And you leave. And I escort, in my head, I escort that thought out the door, which, by the way, is on the right side of my brain. I escort, I watch it, I watch the thought leave and I shut the door behind it and now I'm in my room by myself again. And I return to whatever I was doing, whatever phase I was in. Okay, phase one, slow down. Phase two, meditate on scripture. I have a collection of scriptures 
It doesn't even have to be very many, and they don't have to be very long. I have a collection of scriptures that I choose from during this phase two. Some are tiny, some are long. Here's one. Truly, truly, my soul finds rest in God. So what does it mean to mull or meditate on a scripture? It means to take those few words and just roll them around and just understand them, to let them really affect you. Truly, oh, I can't even tell, I wish I knew how many minutes I've spent in this year on that word. Truly, it's so deep, completely, utterly, to the depths, truly. My soul, that inner part of me that you guys don't know about, that you don't see, that I know, that part of me that's actually scared, Truly, my soul, completely, my soul rests, rests. If you're afraid, if you're afraid to think that your soul could completely rest, it's just nuts. It's just, it's in a good way, helpful. Truly, my soul finds rests in God. Truly. Mull it. Turn it around. Here's another one that I say a lot of mornings. I remain confident in this. Confident. I remain confident in this. If you're afraid, there's very little on your list that you're confident of. Like some mornings, I know what the next words are, but some mornings early on, especially, I was like, what, what's going to be after that? I remain confident in this. What? I remain confident in this. That I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Not later, not after I die. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Some mornings, oh man, what a great promise that was. I'm confident in this. I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That is good news. It doesn't seem like right now I, I, I know how that's going to work, but that is good. So phase two really is all about me acknowledging who God is. Me acknowledging that I'm not in, in the center of the universe, that God exists and that he's outside of me. Again, when you're afraid, when you're afraid, one of the key things about your soul that's happening is that you feel isolated and alone. You feel like you're all, the only one who is dealing with this. You feel like this is all weighing on you. If you could convince your heart, if your heart could store up just the idea that it's not alone, that's a big deal. And if you could make your soul feel like it can rest and relax, that's a big deal. So phase one is all about who is God. And when the time is right, I move to phase two. 
or phase three? Phase three is prayer. Me then talking to that God. I almost always start phase three in the same way, which is to mull the Lord's Prayer. Do the same thing with the Lord's Prayer that you've just been doing with scriptures. Our Father. Right away. What? It's plural. Have you ever noticed the Lord's Prayer is plural? Have you ever prayed in plural? Most of us don't. I mean, that's just right there, just one little thing. That is crazy. Plural. I have friends. I have other people. There's a big world of people who are all praying to God, who are all listening to God. Our Father. Father. Our Father. Fathers are good. They want the best for you. They want what's going to be best for your life. Our Father. And so it goes. You can see that could take a long time. I pray the Lord's Prayer. And then finally I get to prayers that are just for my day, for, for, for the next hours. But let me tell you something that I've just been amazed by. I shouldn't be, but by the time you get there, what you're going to pray about is totally different than what you would have prayed about if you just started praying the first minute you were in here, right? I sit down. I say, I'm going to pray. What, what's your prayer going to be when you first sit down? Help! Right? And it's going to be all this, cha 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 this is what's happening. By the time I'm here, my prayers are transformed. I still have specific things I, I talk about, but they're much smaller. And they've, by, by a long shot, already been covered. So I finish in prayer. All right, so this is what I want you to learn. You need to find practices like this that open doors for you, that let you hear new things from God, that let you ponder things like truly, truly, my soul finds rest. That let you shut some doors like, hey, thought, go away. We'll talk later today. You need to do this because your heart is constantly storing things. And who you become is what your heart stores. So we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. And then we're going to pray. And then we're going to enter into some time of worship. And I hope that that worship can be a time where you're opening a door. And you're, and you're saying these songs. And you're saying these words. And you're having them lodge themselves in your heart. Let's do this together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Heavenly Father, be with our hearts and with our souls and with our minds. And help us to balance 
this hard to balance thing of you, I am transformed, I am new, I am living in heaven now and I need to transform, I need to guard, I need to shape and renew my mind and my heart. And be with those of us who are in this room who are afraid and their heart is beating fast. Help us to slow down and help us to know that you exist and help us to ask you for things and beg for them. Now I pray that you'll be with us as we enter into this, song, this time of singing to you.